Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to be doing 10 New Year's resolutions that every parent should implement for 2024. My name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and I help parents of school-age children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I'm a mom of four, a teacher that has taught every grade from preschool through high school, and today I help moms and dads like yourself to navigate that exhausting, confusing, frustrating, and rewarding world of parenting. So welcome to The Impactful Parent. Let me introduce you to my co-host and best friend, Melissa Clark. Melissa is a mom of three and has been a teacher, a social worker, and a therapist. But Melissa found her true calling with Gestalt Coaching, and today Melissa helps people heal past wounds and step into their best self with the Gestalt Method of Therapy. Now, today's episode is all about 10 New Year's resolutions for 2024 that every parent needs. I'm really excited that you're here. Melissa, let's get started. Let's do it, Christina. All right. Well, New Year's resolutions, I know they're not for everybody. For us, though, we we like them. We actually do New Year's resolutions every year together, mm-hmm. personally. Melissa, why are New Year's resolutions really important to you? What's the difference? Why have them even at all? Yeah, Christina, I love New Year's Eve is one of my favorite holidays. And it feels like it's like a closing out of the old year and, and entering into the new one. And that's why I personally, you're right, it's not for everybody, but that's why I personally really like setting goals and resolutions and just plans really to look forward to for the new year. Well, I love New Year's resolutions because every year when I revisit them again, it gives me an idea of how much progress I've made throughout the year. And I really like that. I like to celebrate small wins. And a lot of times you don't see them throughout this year because they're small wins. It's like watching your child grow. Like you can see the difference a year later, but you can't tell every single day that they're growing. And so I feel it's the same way, but for my my emotional, spiritual, parental, all the other things, growth that I do for New Year's is I get to see that growth and there's no other way I would be able to see it unless I was writing stuff down and actually taking inventory of it. So that's why I like New Year's resolutions. And I really hope that people implement these. The first one I want to give parents is New Year's resolution number one, to be an impactful parent, you want to reserve one hour of your family's day as device and electronic free. That's where I'm going to start. That is a New Year's resolution goal. Like I know Mm -hmm. that is not really practical for a lot of families, but wouldn't it be wonderful to have one hour of the entire family disconnected from the social world, the internet world, the gaming world, the television fantasy world, and actually like be together for one hour a week. That's it. One hour a week, not every day. It's going to be difficult, but that's my goal. And I hope others can follow me with that. What do you think is this goal? Would you be able to do it? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like me personally, we implement this pretty regularly in our in our household over here. <clears throat> so I don't think that that's too too much of a challenge. We don't watch TV. My kids don't have phones. Like it, I think that this one's actually a pretty easy one for us, for my kids. For me, on the other hand, that's where I struggle is being able to put it down, especially because I do so much work on my phone. 
it is hard to disconnect from that. But I think it's a really good one for a lot of families out there and especially the parents. So what's your secret sauce that your kids are okay with it? They're okay with that one hour device free. What do you do that make that happen? Because so many other families are going to say, oh, wow, my kids are going to fight me on that. I think it's because we started so young. I've been very, uh, and my kids go to a Waldorf inspired school, which is mostly technology free until middle school. And so it's just part of our world, or I should say it's not part of our world is that we just don't do a whole lot of screens. We don't watch TV. They, my kids love to read books. Kind of dorky that way. But yeah, they love to play together. They love to read books. They draw a lot. So I think it's because it's just it just hasn't been something that's really big in our family. So it's not a big deal to take it away. And I think that's a huge key for parents to hear and understand. And if you have a smaller child, to be like, okay, I, I need to implement this mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I think it's way easier to do when they're younger. Versus if they've had technology their whole life, when you wait until middle school or high school to try and reduce that, it's it's going to backfire. Now, if you do have a high school or middle schooler who you'd like to implement this with, I would say sit them down and talk with them. You need to get them on board with the whole New Year's resolution. And maybe they don't have that one or something similar, but uh, to just start as a discussion is maybe you never know. I, I always feel like people discount their kids and they're going to say, oh, I know that they're going to say no, or I know they're going to hate this. And they never even attempt a conversation with their child. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, stop doing that. You're assuming somebody else. I mean, you might certainly be right, yeah. but you don't know until you know. So I would encourage people just to, yeah, have that conversation and let's talk about it. Can we do yeah, this? Give it a shot. Yeah. Get their input. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, New Year's resolution number two, New Year's resolution is to block out quality one-on-one time with your children every day for at least 15 minutes, okay? So this I've been preaching for years. It's really important. Um, This one-on-one time with every child that you have should have 15 minutes of just you. No siblings, no spouse there. Every kid that you have should have 15 minutes of just you and that kid alone per day. And it sounds like, oh, 15 minutes, that should be so easy. This actually isn't all that easy either. Um, I find that the most successful parents with this do a routine with it. So it's either like maybe right before bedtime, they check in with each kid for 15 minutes as they say goodnight to them. Or sometimes a car ride is perfect, especially if you have teenagers or um, even just older kids, because then you're in parallel with them and they're stuck in the car with you. They can't run away. So this is a good time to have that one-on-one time. And it is during that 15 minutes of one-on-one time that your child really begins to hear you. And even if they don't really use the 15 minutes, like you, you check in with them and it's kind of like stalemate and you're like, okay, um, I don't have anything else to say. If you're consistently trying to give your child that 15 minutes every day and they see and they notice that, what it does over time, even if you're not really using all 15 minutes, is you're setting the precedent that if something happened in the middle of their day, let's say a month or two months down the road of the year, now they hold that in until it's their 15 minute time period. And especially if you have multiple children, they will do this. 
they'll wait till that special 15 minutes to tell you whatever it is they want to tell you that they didn't want any of their other siblings to hear or know. It's just that safe space. And so I highly recommend that every parent implements this. Again, it's 15 minutes a day, one-on-one with each one of your children. I love that, Christina. And another idea to kind of help with that, that we do at my house, um, when we're having dinner together, we, we have every dinner meal together. And um, I asked them what their highs and lows and thankful for us are at the end of the day. And then so that I can get at least a glimpse, even if they don't want to go into it a whole lot, I can kind of get a glimpse of what is on their mind and, and what was the, what happened for them that day. And then when we get ready for bed, then I can come back around and spend a lot more time just checking in with them about what they mentioned one-on-one instead of everybody together. But yeah, I think that's a good one. And it tells them that they're important, you know, that, that what happened to, to their day, what happened to them that day really matters to you. It's a lot more valuable than parents realize. And I, I hope you implement it. I mean, it's magical, honestly, but you got to be consistent with it. You have to make it a part of your routine and that's going to be key. Now, New Year's resolution number three is set a time when work must be put away and left for the next day. This is a parenting resolution that is, again, so not easy for so many people, especially entrepreneur people or people who have to bring home work with them, um, people who work from home. Um, this is a tough one, but you really need to set a time when things are going to get shut off. And this for so many reasons, <laughs> I mean, just so many, your family wants to feel prioritized. They really do. And I think a lot of times we confuse um, making them a priority with, I'm working for them. I'm working so that we can have all of this, you know? And then the kids, they don't get that. <laughs> they don't feel prioritized. And so to have a time when everything gets shut off, it tells the family that I might have to do that for us as a family, but now this is my time for you. I also think it's good for your social, emotional, and mental health as a parent to be able to shut off work at a particular time and say, nope, I worked. Now it's time to turn off the computer and go on to the next thing. And I'll, mm -hmm. I'll deal with that tomorrow. I think it's so important for us as parents. Otherwise, we, we already put too much on our shoulders. Mm -hmm. You know, this work... I hate for work to be just another thing. For sure. Yes. And one thing that I do is that I, I do shut it off whenever my, when I have my kids around, but then sometimes I do have work that I need to finish up at the end of the night. So I'll come back at bedtime, which I dislike doing that so much that that's my motivation to get most everything done ahead of time. And, and then if I don't get it all done, if I can put anything off until the next day, that's okay too. But that's my time to do it is to get caught up is after bedtime. And I dislike that so much that I'll do anything to avoid that. New Year's resolution to be an impactful parent number four is read with your child no matter what their age. Reading to your child is amazing. It's another one of those secret sauce parenting tips that I give. Um, and it doesn't matter their age. I, I feel like it's it's so sad that we have little tiny children, preschoolers, and we read to them and it's bonding time. And then our kids learn to read for themselves and we stop reading to them. 
I'm telling you, no. Okay. Don't stop reading to your kid. It's wonderful for them to have their own books and to read on their own. You want that definitely. But this is another type of activity that you can do in that 15 minute of one-on-one -on -one time with your child or just any time that you need to create a bond um, with a child that maybe you don't know how else to bond with them. You That book can be that common thing that you talk about and um, can just summarize and help you know understand. It, it ends up being a point of... Um, to launch conversation if you're not looking for anything else. And truly, this is even awesome for high school kids. Truly. I did this with my own high school kids. And you just have them sit and relax and read at the foot of your bed, um, you know, get comfy on with, with slippers and pajamas. And, and then you read to your child for 10, 15 minutes, that's all you need to do. One chapter or whatever that's going to look like for your family. And you're going to see magic happen with even your teenagers. Yeah, my teenagers even love it when they bring home their school books. And then I'll read them their school books. I don't do the whole book, but I will read to them the book that they're assigned to for school. And they love that because it, it, they think that they're getting off the hook from having to read, but they're not. They're still getting the content. But I do love this one, Christine, and I'm going to make it a point to to make this a solid resolution for me and my family because my kids really do love this. They do. And we mm -hmm. don't do it enough, I think, as families. I have to do it more, too. Mm -hmm. I was really good about it when I had my dyslexic son at home. Now he's old and out in college and off in his own world. But when he, he I had him in the house, it was so much easier for me to do because I wanted to help him. I wanted homework to go faster. So I did what you did. I read yes. the books out loud <laughs> to him that he needed to read, even if it was boring. And he thought he was getting off when really he was just learning mm -hmm. the material. Mm -hmm. You know, and it got me to be engaged in what he was learning, what he was interested in. It got us talking points. And then my other children are not dyslexic. And so it's harder. I have to make intentional efforts to do this particular New Year's resolution. And it's it's difficult. I get whopped up in the everyday stuff. So 2024, it's got to be a part of the routine. Love it. I'll be right there with you. New Year's resolution number five, start eating better because it matters. <laughs> just got to start eating better. Can't we all just start eating a little bit better? Um, I'm even going to suggest that come spring, you create a garden with your child because gardening is another magical moment for kids to not only learn, but, you know, cultivate their own food. It makes them experiment more with food. It has them eating healthier. And one of the things I hear over and over as a parenting coach is, oh, I can't control what they eat. They always eat junk food all the time. And this really always bothers me because as a, if you have an older child who can purchase their own food outside of the home, yes, there's a point where you can't control it. But inside the home, I don't know very many teenagers who are going out there grocery shopping for the family. No, nope. the parent is doing that still. And what things are you putting in your cabinet? Are they chips? Are they uh, just fried foods? Are they box foods? Um, and that's the precedent that we're setting. That's the role modeling that we're doing. So 
even if you can't control what your child eats outside of your home, you certainly can start to take control of what's inside of your home. And that alone can make a big difference. Yeah. And you can get them excited too. They can pick out recipes. My kids love, my kids love baking. And so they'll, they'll pick out their own recipes. They'll come up with a grocery list. We'll go to the grocery store together and it's all good. It's not, it's physical health for sure. Eating healthy, but it's also good life skills for them to have when they are lunched out in the world. I can't tell you how many clients I've talked to and they're like, I don't know how to cook which I think is so tragic because it's so easy. It's a lot cheaper than going out all the time and it's so much better for you. So I think that this is another really good one that a lot of people could benefit from. New Year's resolution number six, eat dinner together at least three times a week and make one of those meals a family meeting. Okay, (laughs) Um, I know it could be challenging to all eat together as a family, but statistics show that if you do this, families are more bonded. You get that opportunity to uh, talk and convene with your kids. And this is especially important as your kids become more independent and they're teenagers and they're off going in 10 different directions that we have an opportunity to sit down and check in with them. I really like the idea of not only having three times a week of family dinners together, but making one of those meals Um, a meeting, a family meeting. And with family meetings, they don't have to be formal. They can be very informal. Keep it simple. It's just a matter of, hey, what do you got going on this week? Um, So it's like, what do you have going on? What are your goals for the week? What are you hoping for? What are you worried about that might happen during this week? Um, Something that, you know, could be plaguing you. That's stressful. And then you look through schedules, especially with older kids, you know, who has practice, who has, um, you know, after school activities, who's got um, dates already with friends that you can put on the calendar so that everybody can get on the same page, just helps alleviate a lot of arguments. And more importantly, this allows parents to go, oh, okay, this coming week, my kids got exam. And not only do they have an exam, but they're really worried about that exam. And then now you have even more opportunity to check in with them, be a little bit more lenient when um, maybe they're on their screen trying to get homework done a little too long, or maybe you need to get on them a little bit more to start studying because now you know that there's an exam so you can help them be more prepared. You can help them make better choices about scheduling their time. And then after the exam, you have an opportunity to check in with them. It just creates more conversation and it allows parents to get more into their child's life. And once you're more in, it shows your child that, yeah, you're important and I care about what you're doing. And yeah, just all the things. It's just a good thing. Eat dinner together. Yeah. And that teaches them executive functioning skills, the planning ahead, the talking about, you know, that what's going to happen that week. Okay. So what do you need to get? taking care of to prepare for your exam or for your sports practices, right? What do they need to do to get, uh, be successful around that? That's all executive functioning stuff that our kids need our help with because their frontal lobe is not developed yet. So that's another good skill for them to have. And I want to point out to you, as you say that, um, a lot of times parents get frustrated that their kids don't have these skills down pat to them. It's like, hello, why aren't you studying Mm -hmm. when you have a test in two days? They really can't think that far ahead sometimes Mm -hmm. and they really do need our help. And that's not something to get 
mad at your child about because they haven't developed that skill yet. Instead, take it as an opportunity to really help them. And then they could be grateful that you helped them get a little bit more organized. Now, I got a question for you, Melissa. How often do you actually eat dinner with your kids um, when you have them? Yeah, uh, so I have my kids 50% of the time, but we eat dinner together, the, uh, dinner together every night that I have them. New Year's resolution number seven, exercise with your children at least once a week. Okay, so I know exercise might be on so many people's New Year's resolutions list, but I'm saying once a week, actually work out with your child. Now, you might have to be creative with how you work out with them. They may not want to lift weights, nor maybe they should because maybe they're not old enough to lift weights. Um, but you can go for a run. You can make a walk a part of your exercise routine. You could go play a game of tennis, a game of pickleball, whatever, a sporting event. Um, but to do something active with your child once a week Again, you're role modeling the importance of good health and exercise, which I think is invaluable. And kids need to see you do this. They need to see you take the lead that you take care of yourself, you exercise, you make it a priority. And then I'm allowing them to join you once a week. It just helps solidify that into their brain. Now, Melissa, you have two girls at home. And I'm sure yet you probably don't exercise with them very often, but if you did, what would you do? So I'm actually super excited that my, my youngest one loves to ski and my middle one is just now getting into snowboarding, which I'm super excited about that. So I told her, I'm like, I'll get you the whole setup if you can commit to going at least once a week. So that's what I focus on is making it fun, something that they enjoy to do. Um, I do work out at home and they'll, sometimes they'll come and join me every once in a while. If I'm stretching, especially they'll come because they want my attention and they'll come and talk to me while I'm stretching. But for the most part, it's just about making it fun for them. In the summer, we do a lot of mountain bike rides and hiking together. So they don't know that it's exercise. It's physical activity, but it's really just playing for them. And that's key, right? You don't have to call it exercise. So many times we think we call it exercise and now we're mm -hmm. like, that's a bummer. Yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. Don't call it exercise. Mm -hmm. yeah. We know what it is, but you don't need to call it that. We don't have to put that label. You can mm -hmm. do it in other ways. Thank you for that example, because that's perfect. That's exactly what I want parents to do. Yeah. And it's fun too. And especially when they're doing something that I love. And they get to see that and I get to teach them. It is. That's a really good bonding opportunity for us. I like to do yoga while I'm watching movies. So I'll ask my kids to watch movies with me. That's what they get to invited for. Hey, watch a movie with me. Then while I'm watching the movie, I just start <laughs> pulling out some <laughs> yoga moves, doing some sit-ups while I'm watching the movie, push-ups, whatever, you know, as I'm watching the movie. And at first they're kind of looking at me like I'm crazy, but it's funny. They'll start to join in and, and I'll encourage them. Like, come on, do this with me or hold my feet so I can do these sit-ups. And, and then I say, okay, now it's your turn. Go ahead. Now I'll hold your feet for you. And they do it. And again, it's not something that's said out loud because that's boring. And now it's a chore when you have a label on it. But I think as parents, we can be creative with how we present this. Mm -hmm. And I think language around it is helpful too. If there's the focus on, oh, I 
am working out to lose weight. That's not a super great message always to send, especially to certain kiddos and especially girls. But if it's, hey, I'm doing this because it feels good for my body, that's a completely different message, one that they can understand and pick up on and, and they can start to relate to that. And, oh, physical activity actually feels really good. When, it, when I move my body, it feels good. So I want to do more of it. New Year's resolution number eight, volunteer with your children at least two times a year. And volunteering is important to my family. Um, I think it teaches so much perspective, um, helping, empathy, um, just volunteer. I hardly think of bad things that come from volunteering. And this is different from donating. It's different than um, than doing something at home. Um, I know that you could do something at home and, and that's great volunteer work, but I'm talking about getting out into the community and having your child have an experience with their volunteer work. It may not be quite easy depending on where you live to find this. And I get that. So any volunteer work will be great. But if you're really striving to do this, to get the most out of it, getting your children out to do the volunteer work, soup kitchens, uh, cleaning up in the neighborhood, doing something like shoveling or raking or grocery shopping for an elderly neighbor, something that actually gets them out active and, and really participating in the community. This is when you're going to see the most benefit. And one that I'm going to add to our list of things that I want to implement in my family, with my family and my household this, this coming year. A lot of people do it this time of year because it's the giving season, right? Mm -hmm. The November, December. But for me and my family, it's so much easier to do it in the summer months when they're not in school because then we'll pick an activity. Actually, we do a lot of delivering of food to um, kind of like a remember the old um, Meals on Wheels. They don't call it Meals on Wheels anymore. We go through a different organization called Project Angel Heart, but we will go deliver meals and it's a fun summer activity when you're trying to figure out what do I do with my kids to keep them busy, get out into the community and volunteer. And I say only twice a year, two times. That's it. That's a bare minimum. Of course, you can do it way more than that. But two times a year, it does feel more impactful than just once. I feel like when we do it once a year, it's just like, oh, that thing we do once a year. Whatever it is, when you do it twice a year, now it's something that we do every summer. See how the language changes a little bit? I don't know why it feels that way, but it certainly does. Well, our New Year's resolution number nine, make a routine for your week and stick with it. Now, making a routine for your week, it just helps things run more smoothly there's going to be hiccups and things that happen within your week always. But when you have a routine for your week and there's a consistency to it, it's going to bring a lot of security to your kids. They're going to, you're going to have a lot less battles about what's happening when, uh, specifically when you want kids to do chores or homework, have them know exactly when you want them to do those certain things. Um, in my household, every Sunday, it's, a room cleanup day. They can pick when they want to clean up their room. They can clean it anytime up on Sunday, but it needs to be cleaned by 9 p.m. by the time they go to bed. Otherwise, there will be consequences implemented and they know what those consequences are and what it looks like. Um, 
but rarely do I have to implement those consequences. They have all day long to do it. I will remind them if it gets toward the evening time and they don't have their their routine uh, completed yet. But you can do that with homework. You can do that with uh, any other chore you might want your child to do around the house. But when they know when it has to get done by and it's a weekly thing, I'm not nagging quite as much anymore. I'm not yelling at my kids quite as much anymore. And it just becomes a part of their life. And that's exactly what we want. Yeah, I love routines so much. I have my own morning routine. My kids have their morning routine. We have a routine when we get home from school. And I think it does, it just makes things go so much smoother. And so I'm not having to nag them all the time. And number 10, our New Year's resolution, Mm -hmm. number 10, is role model what you want to see. Now, it sounds really simple, role modeling what you want to see. But this is not very intuitive to most parents, that if you want to see your child to have a great solid routine and always get their homework done at, let's say, 4 p.m. every day after school, then we too, as parents, need to have a good routine where we do the same thing every day, whether it's we always turn off our computers at 10 p.m. or I always make dinner around 5 or like whatever that looks like. Um, When we create that circumstance and we role model what we want to see, then our kids are much more likely to do it and to comply or to – to make the right choice. So we have to role model that behavior. If you want your child to not have these emotional outbursts and freak out every time, then as parents, we have to learn how to control our own emotions and not freak out all the time. Like it's so simple. And yet for whatever reason, we hold our kids to such a higher standard sometimes than ourselves. And how can we expect our children to have a really clean room when our room is a mess? We can't. They won't listen to us. So just with everything in your life, if you see that your child is doing something and you're like, God, I just wish that they would, you know, fix this and do that, rewind a little bit and think, are you role modeling that type of behavior? Do they know what that looks like? Because a lot of times kids don't know any better they don't know anything else. So they'll just repeat those same behaviors over and over and over again because they don't know what the alternative looks like. And as an adult, we're like, uh, duh, it looks like this, hello. But they don't know it. It's just not, it's not top of mind. They don't realize it. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this comes down to. So we need to role model those behaviors so they can see it. It's going to be a little frightening for some parents to hear this, but this is so important, like across the board, how we relate to others, how we relate to strangers, how we relate to our partners, how we relate to our animals, right? All of those things, kids, kids pick up on that. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with clients of, okay, so where did you learn how to be in a relationship? And it's always, 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 well, I saw my parents, right? For good or for bad or for ugly, that's how we learn. Um, so it is really important and they are watching us and it's sometimes hard to bear when we see our negative traits come out in our kids, right? But that's how they're learning. And the whole, uh, do what I say, not what I do thing does not work. It doesn't work. That's old school. Doesn't work. Tried it. Doesn't work. Being mindful and intentional about how you're showing up in your world. And that's what they will learn. 
That's if exactly they see what you road raging, they will pick up road rage. Yeah. Guaranteed. Health, exercise, yep. uh, what you eat. Uh, everything. Everything. Yes. Micro- Which is a little frightening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our kids are but watching. But that doesn't mean we have to get it perfect either. You and I'm know? glad you bring that up, that we don't have to be perfect. And yeah. I think that's sometimes difficult for us to accept that we just, you know, we make mistakes. Yeah, too. we're we humans get... too. Well, these are the 10 news resolutions to make you an impactful parent. I hope that you implement them in the comments down below. Feel free to put in your own New Year's resolution. If you have one that you want to share with others that others can also benefit from, I certainly can have way more than 10 and there's some really good ones out there. So uh, tell us your thoughts. Let us know what your New Year's resolution for your parenting will be for 2024. And before we go, I have some announcements to make. Don't forget that the Impactful Parent Special Parent Education event is this week. So every week our topic changes and this week we'll be talking about lessons to teach your kids to keep them safe. If this topic interests you, join me live on Zoom either Sunday evening or Wednesday during lunch and you can register with the link below. Thank you for joining us today. Remember that this episode is just a small part of what the Impactful Parent offers. Also available are online courses, support groups, coaching services, and the Impactful Parent app. Find out more by going to theimpactfulparent.com. To find out more about Melissa's coaching and therapy services for all ages, go to fireandrainscoaching.com. Become a more impactful parent and download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free so you can carry helps and tips and parenting resources right in your pocket. Discover new techniques to make your parenting more effective and get parenting resources that'll make your life easier. Download the app today. You got nothing to lose since it's a free download. So go to theimpactfulparent.com or your phone's app store, search The Impactful Parent, and discover how you can step up your parenting game and become a more impactful parent. But until next time, you got this. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com. And see you next episode.